Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! DJ Nation fam, what is up? What is happening? My oh my, we made it to the finish line. It is week 13. Well, hold up. It's week 13. Thanksgiving slate, baby. Yeah, you know what it is. It's your host, Ryan Alexander Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Alexander underscore W. And we're joined by a litany of guests today. I got my co-host, Kevin Steele, at Fantasy Rap 13. And then we got the TQE double team tonight. Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DTQE and Derek Brown at Debro underscore FFB. Fellas, we made it here. It's week 13. It's Thanksgiving slate. Now, before we get into the plays, just got to tell me what is special for Thanksgiving about y'all. I mean, are we looking for the grub? Are we excited about the football? Are we excited, you know, to have the in-laws maybe hosted over? Maddie, that might be in your realm right there. Um, what, what's getting you guys excited for uh, for Thursday? Well, last year I actually got to go to the, the game in Dallas. Uh, that was Redskins at Cowboys. Uh, the wife is a Redskins fan, and, and I, I root for the Cowboys. So uh, that was pretty interesting dynamic there. But, you know, um, this year is just playing more a little low. Uh, we're just going to just gonna hang out uh, near home and not do too much, just eat a ton of food. So a little more low-key this year. Nice, nice. I like it, Derek. How about yourself, man? What are you up to? Dude, uh, we're going to be traveling, all the fam and stuff like that. I mean, dude, I, look, I got the dad bod rocking. So, of course, like, I, I'm ready for the food. There's nothing that, that you want more than that food. Like, you know, your grandma's <laughs> recipe, old, like, homemade mac and cheese. Go for it. I got to get up in it, dude. But no, I, hey, I'm excited to be here. I think this is going to be a lit episode. We're already like just cutting it up before we even turn the mics on, turn the cameras on. So I'm loving it, man. Now, I remember, Maddie, you, yeah, you were in my neck of woods last year. You were front row center to watch Trey Quinn do the scar and dance, dude. Yeah, it was it was a Mari week uh, last Thanksgiving. Yes. I think he went for what, 202 scores or something? Yeah, so, he went through totally ridiculous. <clears throat> we also had uh, Dan Ariard's Arnold. Was uh was last year too, wasn't he? That's, that's yeah, right. Yeah, baby. All the air yards. What Maddie a beautiful bring, thing. Maddie's bringing up the history. All those tight end punt plays, man. On yeah, it. Yeah. Don't know if we're gonna have Who any this this year, but. Well, that's there. okay. We 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 got Kev on the pod, so you know he's always cooking up something. Kev, talk to the people. How you doing over there, Mister Red Hoodie? Gobble gobble, motherfuckers! I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to be lit. I yes. knew it was going to be lit. You recovered, Kev? You got your coffee? You got your Red Bull? You got your plays? Hey, I'm ready to go. I'm ready spitting fire, all right? I feel like this is a 3v1, and I'm ready to fucking take you motherfuckers down. 
Oh, Kev, don't be bashful, man. It's not 3v1. Well, maybe it is 3v1, but it's okay. You, you'll, you'll cook up something. Uh, we got Thanksgiving slate to you guys. We're on DraftKings, and we're trying to build these lineups. You know how we do it here at the DFS Degen Nation. Uh, we are going to break it down, as we always do, going position by position. And uh, with only a three-game slate, it should, should make for some interesting conversation. So let's go ahead and kick it off right here. You guys follow along, whether you're watching on YouTube or, or watching on the stream, you know, give us give us a shout out, rate and review. As always, um, we'll talk about the getting in the free Slack chat at the end. But let's just go ahead and get into the plays. As Maddie said before the pod, we went a little long. And as we do at the DJ Nation, we usually go long. Even though it's a three-game slate, there's a lot to talk about. So let's start it off. We got the first game, Chicago and Detroit. So we got Mitchell Trubisky on this slate. These two teams have already played before. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky has struggled, but I feel like in, in matchups where the defense isn't as good, uh, we we get decent games out of Mitchell Trubisky. I remember, you know, Washington defense. He went against them, uh, put up put up three touchdowns in that game, two hundred and thirty one yards. Then he had Detroit at home. Uh, yards weren't there, only one hundred seventy three, but still had three scores. And then uh, just recently against the Giants, put up two seventy eight passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. So he seems to kind of take advantages of matchups where. It, it could be a little bit favorable for him on the other side of that game. You know, we we're, we really don't know what we're going to have. They're preparing for Jeff Driscoll to be out there. He's questionable with the hamstring injury. Um, if he's not out there, it's going to be David Blah, the quarterback uh, from Purdue that some of you might remember, and he'll be getting his first NFL uh, career start. So that's an interesting game that we have there. And then we got Buffalo and Dallas, Josh Allen going against Dak Prescott, two running quarterbacks there. Uh, Price similar similarly to each other, uh, but 6,200 for Josh Allen and 5,700 for Dak Prescott. I'm probably going to find myself on Dak Prescott this week. Um, The Buffalo defense really, uh, I mean, this is a game that the Cowboys kind of need to win. And this Buffalo team, yeah, they're eight and three, but they've kind of, they've had some, some soft matchups to go against. And so Dak uh, putting it on, putting on a show at home on Thanksgiving, um, I think we can kind of count on him to kind of get there, maybe around the 20, 25 point range. And he's going to be somebody that I want a lot of exposure to. And then the late night bonanza we have with uh, the Saints and the Falcons. And this is pretty much, you know, the Saints are now traveling to Atlanta. Atlanta came in and embarrassed them a couple weeks back. And Drew Brees kind of struggled. Michael Thomas did fine. But um, and and the Falcons pretty much just got embarrassed by Tampa Bay. So interesting there. I, I can't blame people for wanting to get Drew Brees in there, but he's the top quarterback on on uh, on the slate at 6,800. Uh, but makes for a good stack there with Michael Thomas. So, so fellas, let's open it up. Uh, TQE, I'll, I'll open it up to you guys, Derek or Maddie, whoever wants to chime in first, and just let us know where you're starting your builds as it comes to this Thanksgiving slate. Maddie, kick it off, dude. Hey, lead off. Yeah, so I, I think that it's it's always important. I, I know I I kind of preach on this every single time that I'm on the pod, um, but it's important to to try to figure out where the field is going to go as a whole, um, and try to see how you can leverage that. Um, and, and kind of spin it t- in your favor uh, in terms of a game theory standpoint. So just looking at pricing, um, I mean, you've got Dak Prescott at 5'7", uh, Mari Cooper at 6K, Gallup at 5'5", Randall Cobb at 5K. That's a really, really cheap uh, total salary for what's been arguably the best offense in the NFL this year. 
And I think that that people are just going to kind of maybe ignore the matchup since it's at home against Buffalo and, and just kind of load up on Dak Prescott just because of how good he's been. But I, I'm cautious to do that just because it, I being as popular as he's going to probably be at his low price, I think Josh Allen with his rushing upside has just as much upside as Dak has um, because he can he can run for, for 80 yards and one or two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, Driscoll just ran for – 51 yards on eight carries and a score against the Cowboys two weeks ago. And Danny Dimes uh, four weeks ago ran for uh, 54 yards on six carries. So that's two mobile quarterbacks that have, that have been pretty good against, against Dallas on the ground. Um, and now you have Josh Allen who's, who's continuing to run the football. Um, so he's, you're getting all of your, your upside from Josh Allen on the ground. Uh, you don't need him to go out and torch the, the Cowboys through the air. And, and that's not something I'm expecting him to do, but Dallas, I mean, Dallas struggled to, to hold Driscoll off the, the scoreboard uh, just two weeks ago uh, in Detroit. So this Dallas defense isn't as, as good as, as we think they are. Um, and, and Buffalo can definitely score some points. Um, and, and with the Cowboys being popular, likely through the air, I think it's a great spot to play Zeke at a, at a depressed price. Um, he hasn't shown his ceiling, but uh, I, I think it's a good leverage spot. So with, with Dag being popular, again, it's just – how, how am I going to be different with upside? And I think that's Josh Allen, and I think that's, that's Mitch Trubisky. Um, the Lions have just been absolutely terrible uh, against opposing offenses. Last five quarterbacks they faced, Haskins went 156-0, and zero, Dak 444-3, and three, Mitch uh, a couple games ago 173-3, and three, Carr 289-2, and two, and Danny Dimes went 322-4. and four. Um, so you're, you're looking at a, a defense that's just giving up multiple t- passing touchdowns on a weekly basis. Um, and it's just a spot that I just think that if, if the bears are going to do anything, it's going to have to be Mitch because, uh, the run game has not been as, as, uh, hopeful as we, as we hoped before the season started. So, um, the big plays will have to come through the air against Detroit. And I think that's, that's how he's going to have to hit his ceiling is through the air. So Mitch and, and Josh Allen are, are two spots I'm looking at, uh, but I do still like Dak. I, I just think he's going to be very popular. Derek, talk to the people. Where you at? I, yeah, I mean, similar things what Maddie's talking about. I think the field is going to mainly be on that New Orleans-Atlanta game. I think that people are going to quickly forget and think it's being contrarian um, by playing Matt Ryan, even though he just absolutely shit the bed twice. Um, I don't have really any interest in Matt Ryan in this one, but I think that most of the ownership is going to go to that game. I think it's that game and I think it's Dak. So like Maddie's talking about, I think the easiest way to be different is to go with Josh Allen and to go with Mitch Trubisky this week. I I mean, look, I'll still eat the chalk with Dak because I don't believe like we'll get to more of this when we get to wide receivers, but I think that there are ways that Dak hits, hits a, a mega ceiling this week. But the thing that like I love about Josh Allen right now, and he's probably the quarterback that I'm probably – if I had to play one guy on this slate, it would be Josh Allen over everybody else. And the, the, for the fact of it is, is that like over the last two weeks, Josh Allen has been a different quarterback than what we saw. Like He was muted, neutered at the beginning of the year. The last two weeks, they've kind of let him kind of set his hair back on fire. And you've seen it. Like he, We've actually seen like since Miami – Dude's put up 33 and 20 points. We've actually seen him doing something more on the ground. I mean, 
Look, you look at him for the rest of the season. He's never hit 50 yards rushing, and he does it in back-to-back weeks. That's not coincidence, man. Like That's finally this offense taking the reins off of him a little bit and saying, look, like do what you do. And he's doing it, but more efficiently than he did last year. So he's probably, I would arguably say he has the most upside on this this slate, considering like like Maddie's talking about. I don't think that the Cowboys are that good of a defense, and considering his own defense, he can rip them apart in this spot. So if I had to pick one, it's Josh Allen. But like what Maddie's echoing, I won't keep hammering the same points. But I think that at quarterback. It makes a whole lot of sense when most people, especially when they, you know, you got a belly full of turkey, you kind of sleepy, you might have a little bit of wine up in you come turkey day, and they're just going to lock button and click Drew Brees and Matt Ryan and be like, okay, this is the game I want, blah, 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 (laughs) and not really think about the other way. So, yeah, three gamer, let's get weird, baby. Let's get different. You will you willing to get different or you or how different are you willing to get, I should say? Oh, Ryan, you gave that dude a layup. Come on. I, I I had to set him up. Come on! I know you did. You did. Fire the cannons. <laughs> I I don't think this is the spot to do it. I mean, there's just not enough here. Uh, there's not enough meat on the bones, if you will, to uh, to do that. Uh, I'm sure some people will want to get wild and play the old David Blau if he ends up playing. But against the Bears defense, I can't do it. I, he's going to have ownership. All right, he says somebody's going to oh, play yeah. him. People are going to justify him by playing him because he's 4,200, and people, you're probably going to hear somebody call him a free square. Um, you know, that not for me. Maybe if he has some athleticism and can, you know, move in the pocket and stuff like that, and he just doesn't. And so I pray that Jeff Driscoll plays because if he does play, I do think you can play Jeff Driscoll uh, at 5,500. Uh, we saw it a couple of weeks ago whenever they played Chicago in Chicago where he went out and, what, had almost 20 DK points against them. He's had at least 37 rushing yards on the ground. You know, 51 and 63 each of the last two weeks. And I do think he plays. And if he does, I think he is a nice contrarian spot to to, to pay at 5,500. I think this is a game where they, they likely could trail and it could be a little bit more back and forth. You can throw on the Chicago defense. And so, it, you know, if he plays, I think Jeff Driscoll is certainly in play. But I also like, you know, if he doesn't, then playing, excuse me, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, as you guys already alluded to, they are the the Lions are absolutely horrendous against the pass. I think they're like twenty sixth or twenty eighth in pass DVOA um, on the season, and so yeah, this is a this is a great spot where I agree that I think everybody's going to pay up for the Drew Bryans or the or the Drew Bryans, Drew Brees or Matt Ryan's. I think that's where everything's going to go. I would like to play some Dak Prescott because, like you said, fifty seven hundred Dak Prescott is way way too cheap for somebody with his kind of upside. Though you know it does worry you because Buffalo's defense has been solid. They've limited opposing passers. I think. They give up the second fewest DK points on the season, only seven passing touchdowns on the season. And so, you know, there's something to be said about that. But also, if you look at their schedule, I don't think they've they, they've played many elite offenses that have pushed them. So they've been lucky right. enough to play in one of the worst uh, one of the worst divisions in football. And so, uh, you know, on you know on Thanksgiving in Dallas, yeah, I mean, I think this game could actually be one of the biggest shootouts that that people are sleeping on a little bit, where everybody wants to play New Orleans, Atlanta, which we saw a couple of weeks ago. That can go, uh, you know, all different directions. It could be a, a much more uh, tight game. So, you know, if that's what happens, then you know, I think you could win a lot of money um, investing in the Dallas and the Buffalo side. Yeah, I, I, I get what you guys are are saying with Josh Allen. Um, I just, I, I can't feel comfortable with it. Just when you're talking about the ancillary plays that are around him, um, and, and I'll be multi-entering. So to say I'll have no exposure um, isn't 
isn't going to be likely because it's a three game slate and you're multi entering. You you definitely got to come up with scenarios in your head where the things you think are going to go right go wrong. But when I'm looking at this slate and I'm just looking for guys who can hit their ceiling um, and it, outside of the running, if if this Dallas defense can contain Josh Allen from a running uh, standpoint, you know, he's got John Brown and then he's got guys like Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft to lean on. And I guess Singletary, if they decide to use him in the passing game, although like I'm not even comfortable playing Singletary all that much just because of Frank Gore still getting the crazy red zone usage that he is still getting um, from this Hall of Fame back. So and I'm looking at it and he's 6,200 where you have Drew Brees right there at 6,800. Um, in, in a very good offensive setting uh, for Drew Brees. And especially when you're talking about like it's a division rivalry and what that just meant. And, and I, I get it. I look into things a lot more from that type of perspective. But I'm thinking Drew Brees, you just got embarrassed at home by this team that is not going into the playoffs. And you get to play them in their house on Thanksgiving. It's the last slate last slate and he he's going to look to bounce back that was right when he was coming back from injury and they couldn't get it clicking all together but I think who just like destroys Atlanta in this game and so I'm definitely looking to get as much Saints exposure as I can and I just I just don't know if the pieces are there on Buffalo and Dallas to be a shootout like Kev is saying um but I, I mean I do like Dak in any matchup just because he is such a focal point focal point there but I, I really think it comes down to you know we had this first game on the slate where if Mitchell Trubisky goes out there and puts up like 25 to 30 DK points like you could be sitting right because how is he going to get there it's probably going to be with a guy like Allen Robinson who might have depressed ownership because of the people who are priced around him, or it's going to be a guy like Anthony Miller or Tariq Cohen. That's going to just have lower ownership just because I feel like it's that first game and people are going to think about it's Chicago, Detroit. Oh, this is gross. How can I get exposure to pieces in this other game? So if Trubisky gets there, you're probably looking at at least one or two other pieces from Chicago that really hit. And that could be a way to kind of set that apart. So I, I really do like trying to get Trubisky builds that that lean to that lean to getting you to some some high caliber players in these other two games. Well, the thing about Allen too is that we're talking about him hitting his ceiling and stuff. Like you know, you look at other positions and stuff, and the reasons why you love uh, different positions and you love like CMC and stuff because you're getting you know a top definitive goal line back, but you're also getting this, the team's wide receiver too. You play Josh Allen because you only stick him with one piece. You don't have to worry about do I double stack and do I do anything else. You single stack Josh Allen and it's easy, man. You just throw John Brown in there because no other pieces, when he when when Josh Allen hits his ceiling, it's rare he takes anybody with him besides like one piece. Even in the last year, you saw Josh Allen and there's Rob Foster. This year, Josh Allen and there's John Brown. Josh Allen is not only like going to take one player with him, but he's their goal line running back as well. Like Singletary's not getting those tutties, man. Gore might get a few carries here and there, but Josh Allen, you're getting a combo piece, and you're only having to attach him to one player, and that's another reason why I love him because you're always single stacking him. No, I, I get it. I, I just will have very low ownership of John Brown in this matchup. So I guess that's really what it comes down for me when I'm when I'm making my builds is I yeah I I do agree with you that like it, Josh Allen and John Brown they're they're going hand in hand uh, but I just I I don't know relative to ownership here 
Um, and, and there's there's a lot of things that will open up the slate and we'll talk about it when we get to the position. But like, you know, if we're if we're not seeing Julio, we're not seeing Austin Hooper. You got Calvin Ridley, who's right there at the same price as John Brown. Allen Robinson's right there. Um, Michael Gallup, uh, a little bit cheaper. Marvin Jones, we've seen explosive games from him. Now, it, granted, if it's not Driscoll, I don't I don't like it at all. But if Driscoll's out there, he seems to have a rapport uh, w- with him and, and, you know, has had like 21 targets and Jeff Driscoll starts compared to 18 from Galladay. Um, and, and then we have to figure out, you know, and we'll talk about this, I guess, later. But what are we doing with Julio if he suits up? So it, it's just there's so many factors that kind of go on to the slate that like, you know, if I'm only getting – 20 from Allen and John Brown goes out and gets like 10 or 15. I don't know if that's going to be enough. And I don't know if I feel comfortable with that, but again, you know, if we're talking about multi entering, yes, get some exposure. If I was single entering and starting a team though, I'm going to take one of these surefire guys that I know, like I'm going to take Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and just say, let me lock in this production. What else can I do? Because I just feel like Michael Thomas is hitting. And if Michael Thomas hits, yeah, maybe we have what happened a couple of weeks back where Drew Brees only gets 11 DK points. But maybe we get the Drew Brees, you know, I'm tossing to Jared Cook. I'm tossing to Kamara. And, oh, by the way, Michael Thomas has already popped. So let me get him. Any Anybody else got anything else at quarterback uh, before we move on? Damn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we Thanksgiving play. I mean, it, yeah, the, the quarterback position kind of sets the tone, but some of these other ancillary players that we'll get into um, really shape the slate. So let's talk about running back here. And, and Maddie kind of kicked it off there with Ezekiel Elliott, his price on DraftKings at 7,400. It really just seems outrageous when you're, when you're looking at a guy who is one leading the league in red zone touches uh, pretty much is locked in for 20 touches week in and week out. And and we have yet to seen, I mean, Philly and, and the, and the jets when he's scoring 29 points, like that's really what you're, you're looking for when you're getting out of Zeke, but no multi touchdown score games at all this year, or what one, I'm sorry, against new Orleans. He had one multi score game. It looks like no, no, actually no, no multi score games at all. So yeah. And that just is not a part of Zeke's, um, career or, or not in his repertoire, not in his caliber. Like this dude goes out and he should be getting this equity equity. So it feels pretty fluky to me. Um, I, I think it's going to be hard for me to get away from Zeke this week at this price tag. I just, I, I just love this spot for him. And, and I think that especially if you're not going to get to Dak, then getting to Zeke makes a ton of sense. And then, you know, I kind of just want to open it up to the floor and kind of see what, what people are doing outside of Zeke uh, for me. It's probably going to be getting exposure to one of the Bears running backs. Um, Tariq Cohen has really uh, kind of shown out here in the past couple of weeks from this from the standpoint of he seems to be. It seems like Matt Nagy's trying to ingrain him in this offense. It, it seems like we kind of just know what Mitchell is, and like they're gonna do those long, down the field throws every once in a while. But pretty much, we're looking at low A dot plays from this Bears offense, and Tariq Cohen has definitely been a portion of that. Um, this is a Detroit team that gives up a ton of points to the running back position, a ton of points pass catching wise to the running back position as well. And um, you know, Tariq Cohen is definitely that will be somebody on my radar for this Thanksgiving slate. It also is kind of nice to pair him. You can get that double dip spot 
for him with the Bears D if he takes one back. Um, and he's always capable of doing so. So uh, I, I definitely like Cohen there too. And then trying to find ways, I guess, for me. Well, I guess the next one for me would be Devonta Freeman if he's healthy and playing, which it looks he's a full participant today. So he kind of really, you know, makes the slate depending on what his ownership ends up being because Devonta Freeman, before he was, you know, getting banged up and injured, he was definitely a focal point of this offense with Matt Ryan out there um, as well too. And so, you know, you're looking at his numbers um, before he got hurt and kind of this, this passing game usage that he was getting on DraftKings at only 5,100. And again, in that late game, if you're looking to get some exposure where most people won't be on, I think people are going to forget about Devonta Freeman, especially when we're talking about it's Thanksgiving week, people are traveling, people aren't really you know looking into it. And maybe just because it is Tuesday and the news came out early, his ownership goes high. But I, I want to monitor that ownership level and just see what it's at because I think that he has a real shot. Um, to hit his upside here as well. But also for me, it's Kamara um, trying to find ways to get him in and seeing if I can find ways that I feel comfortable with of getting both him and Zeke in a lineup just because they are the two running backs on the slate that I think both have the floor that you're looking for, but also the massive ceiling um, that could really break it off. So, uh, Kev, I'll start with you and kind of what you're running what you're looking at and what you're running into when you're making your builds on uh, the running back position and, and where you like going. First of all, no one's looking at Devonta Freeman because he's fucking washed. Okay. So, uh, Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, Man. Burn it all down. Dude wasn't even going for a bunt single. He just said, bring it. I'm going for the Homer baby. I'm calling my shot. Wow. Listen, listen, the, the, the Saints have one of the best run defenses in the league, and I'm not even about to imagine playing somebody like Devonta Freeman. I don't care, 5,100. No, no, thank yeah. you. Give me $300 more, and I'll play David Montgomery. Like, Devonta Freeman is washed. The, 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 the Falcons haven't been able to run the ball all year. Freeman has one game all year, and he's coming off injury. No thanks. Remember what happened him. last time David Montgomery went up against Detroit, Kev? I maybe didn't, probably didn't do well, but I ain't playing Devonta Freeman. Ain't happening. No way, no how. You know, I'd rather play JD fucking McKissick at thirty seven hundred than playing Devonta you're, Freeman. Okay, you're dumb. Don't breathe. <laughs> Just absolutely agree. He's not even. He's not even going to be running more than fifteen times. He's going to be used as the pass catching back. So as you're talking about, the Saints are good on the ground. Like they're going to find ways to get Devonta Freeman the ball, especially if there's no Julio and there's no Austin Hooper which at this point we can say that we really don't know if they're going to be healthy enough to suit up. So who's the ball going to, Kev? Calvin Ridley, anybody but Devonta Freeman. Okay. Devonta Freeman going to go out there and catch it 20 times? No, no. But I would, like I said, I'd, if, you, if, you're, if you're going to give me the opportunity, I'll, I mean, I'll play J.D. McKissick at 3,700. The last time in this matchup against the Bears, he had, he had seven targets, which I believe is the most on the season. And it makes a lot of sense. The, the Bears are great at uh, creating pressure. And so getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly on dump-offs seemed to make a lot of sense. The Bears have allowed the, four, or what, the fourth most receptions on the season's two, uh, two running backs. So, again, I would rather play $3,700 J.D. McKissick. Send me a head-to-head for Thursday. Hey, let's roll. Well, let's do it. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's Only go. if McKissick is locked in. <laughs> there we go. Uh, you lock in Freeman, and I'll lock in McKissick. Yeah. With Blah out there, send me head-to-head. Please. I didn't say anything about that. I, I, I that never even came out of my mouth. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. 
<laughs> Don't try to he didn't hear about all that, man. He, where, he, where are you who are you playing? You're not playing Freeman, so who are you playing? Okay, again, I'm playing J.D. McKissick. Uh, I, I definitely am going right. to play some of him at 3,700. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's that simple. I already explained my case on it. But uh, And then from there, I think you have to make a decision between Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, for me, I think I would much rather have the guy who's involved in the passing game. And I think that's uh, you know Alvin Kamara. And even though he hasn't, we haven't really seen that monster boom week from him um, in quite a while. Uh, I or really all like, outside of what one week, uh, week three against Seattle. Other than that, it's been kind of you know so so. But at eighty one hundred in this matchup against a team that I think some people may not want to play Kamara because of the fact that the Falcons have been better against the run. Um, and they certainly have against the pass, but I think $8,100 Alvin Kamara is uh, a nice spot. And like I said, I think most of the ownership is going to flow to Zeke Elliott. Not that I think Zeke's a terrible play by any means. Buffalo um, is certainly better against the pass than they are against the run. But I, I just I just prefer playing a guy who um, is more involved in the passing game. Now that that could change on any week with Zeke, but you know, 8,100, I'll probably just have more ownership. You know, not saying that I'm not going to play him at all, but I'll probably lower than the field on him. Um, from there, you know, I think it's David Montgomery. And like I already said, with, uh, my boy, JD McKissick, Derek, where are you at with uh running back this week? Uh, running backs really narrow for me. Um, I, I love Alvin Kamara. I mean, I mean, my pool is probably Alvin Kamara, Zeke, um, maybe some Singletary and Tariq Cohen and log out. That's about where I'm at. Like, I'm not going to go and get cute nowhere else. Like, for me, I don't have any kind of interest in David Montgomery because the fact is we've seen this already unfold once. Tariq Cohen's usage is is tick, it, it's going it's trending up. The Lions, you can absolutely eat that they're third worst in the league as far as receptions, receiving yards, giving up to running backs. You see his usage going up. So Tariq Cohen, if I'm going with the Bears running back, it's going to be him. And my Bears stacks, the biggest question that I'm kind of running into, at least on my builds early right now, is do I fit in Tariq or do I fit in Anthony Miller as that other piece that I'm stacking with troops? And that's kind of where I'm at. But I think that um, with Kamara, you either tell yourself one or two stories, and that's either your who gets there. Is it MT or is it Alvin Kamara? Because on this slate, like I feel like there are certain plays that I'm not going to get away from. Like We'll get to it later. But there are certain plays where I'm just lock buttoning because there's so much over the field than the rest of the plays around them that it doesn't make sense for me to go anywhere else based off of pricing. And so it, it's like, does Breeze feed MT or do I think Kamara gets there this week? And for me, like, dude, we talked about this before we turned on the mics, and I, I don't want to take too much out of Maddie's mouth, but like, Kamara is in for massive touchdown regression. Like, it's coming, dude. He is going to break a slate, and I'm not going to rule out that it's going to be Thanksgiving. So I, right now where I sit on this slate looking at all my builds, it's lock button Kamara, and it's not even close. Like, I want all the touchdown equity. I want the regression pendulum to swing my way. If he ends up with three tutties and the field is lower than what they should be, then it's Yahtzee, dude. I, I'm stacking cash. I think that the the other different way to get with this is to fit and jam in Kamara and Zeke. It's not a question of one or the other for me. It's both. And then what do I do to get down in my flex? And I think that that could be auto different from a lot of different builds that are going to say, okay, do I go up and do I pay for Zeke? Do I pay for Kamara? But I want to fit MT or Julio. 
I can't fit both. I got to fit one. And most people are not going to try to fit both of those top running backs in their builds. And this could be massively like be a Zeke week. I think, and, and I'll open this up to the floor because in my, like when I've been building lineups so far with Dak, like there is not a good positive correlation between Dak and Zeke. So is it automatically, do you go different and with, with, with your Dak builds and there is no Zeke and you just run it back with Devin Singletary because the, we don't see the pass game involvement. And if Dak hits a ceiling, it's because he probably rushed and he probably threw to Amari and Gallup and whoever else, and Zeke doesn't do anything. So to me, as much as I love Zeke, I don't see a, a, a scenario where Zeke and Dak both get there. But I, I'm curious everybody else's thoughts. Yeah, so so I'll just jump in now. Um, so looking at the Cowboys in the red zone, Zeke has 47 rush attempts in the red zone, which is absurd. First off, Dak has four rush attempts in the red zone. So it is a kind of a, a Zeke is the guy when they get down there, if they're going to run the ball. So then if we look at targets, you've got Witten at 11, Cobb at nine, Cooper at seven, Zeke at seven, um, and Gallup's only at four, which is surprising. But Gallup has kind of been the, he's, he's kind of the, the, the deeper threat. Um, and he kind of makes his, hits his ceiling on, on longer touchdowns. Um, so that's not much of a concern for me, but yeah. So like to, to touch on, on Derek's point, you've got Witten, Cobb and Cooper who all have the same or more red zone targets uh, than what Zeke has. Um, so it's, it's Dallas has made it a point to run the football when they get down and close Dax ceiling games have come from when, when he's thrown those long touchdown passes to Amari and to Gallup and to Cobb. So if, if you're playing Dak, I, I think that it makes a ton of sense to, play around with not playing Zeke and then vice versa. Uh, what would the route I'm probably going to go if, if Dak comes, comes in super popular is I'm just going to play Zeke as the leverage because I think Dallas does score a, a good amount of points and the, the leverage on not playing Dak is to play Zeke and just hope that Zeke gets his two to three touchdowns and Dak only throws for one or two. Um, so that's, that's just, and I mean, Buffalo's a, it's a run funnel. It's been a run funnel all year. Uh, they rank 14th in adjusted line yards. They're they're 30th in second level yards and 30th in open field yards. So they're the bottom of the barrel in in terms of run defense. And um, Zeke's Zeke's. I mean, everything sets up for him to have a big day. Uh, and I think it's in terms of game theory and leverage. I think playing Zeke over Dak Stacks makes makes a ton of sense. Um, and then, like Derek said, the the whole Kamara thing. Uh, the man scored 18 touchdowns last year, and he's got two right now. Uh, he had six. I, I think I looked at this yesterday. He has he had six multi-touchdown games last year, and only three uh, single touchdown games last year. So when when he scores them, he scores them in bunches. And and I think that with everybody looking to play Michael Thomas uh, and probably playing Zeke uh, and looking at and at Julio and all that, I I, I think Kamara may get overlooked. Uh, now people have have kind of gotten smarter with paying up for the running backs, so so maybe not. And he was just popular uh, uh, this past week against Carolina. So, um, but he didn't score there. He still got to 19 points with no touchdowns. Uh, I know we talked about that pre-show. I mean, the guy for a guy that that can score three touchdowns on a slate, and he's still scoring 20 points without scoring any touchdowns. I mean, he's, the dude's got legit 38 point upside. So, um, I think it would be very very unique probably to 
to play both Kamara and Zeke and maybe not play Michael Thomas if if that's uh, if that's if you if you're hurting on salary and can't fit all three guys. Um, and, and that's right now. I think that's where I'm leaning. It, and it's as terrifying as it is fading Michael Thomas. Um, I just think he's going to be extremely, extremely popular. And the salary flexibility, uh, we'll talk about tight end too uh, as, as another spot uh, for to get exposure to the Saints. So um, I do. while I do think the Saints just blow out the Falcons because I'm worried the Falcons won't be able to keep pace on the other side, um, I, I, I'm going to lean on the fact that it's Kamara and Jared Cook and just pray that, that MT doesn't burn me uh, on a three-game slate. So that's kind of where I'm leaning. And, and I do love the, the Tariq Cohen play. Um, I think he's a great correlation with Trubisky. Uh, like you guys said, Cohen's, Cohen's upside comes in the receiving game, not really in the rush game. So uh, if you're playing Trubisky, I, I think uh, Trubisky, Cohen, and, and A-Rob is the way to go uh, there. So I, I do love that that call. Uh, and Detroit is getting torched uh, passes through the air to running backs. So um, I, I do love that, especially with Gabriel out this week. Uh, Cohen, look for Cohen to be more of the the – kind of fill that role, if you will. Yeah. And and I do want to talk to to Derek's point there with with the Dak and Zeke double build. Um it's it's not the same position because I don't think Dak is on the same playing field upside as Lamar is. But we just saw in showdown like Lamar and Ingram both eight and they both have that kind of equity to kind of score from wherever when they're on the field and that same could be said for Dak and Zeke we haven't seen it this year but we have seen uh time and time again when these two are out there like they can both get theirs like Dak can go out there and score 27 and Zeke can put up 30 and your thing is is that you know okay Buffalo's running you know uh, an eight-man box against Zeke in the red zone so let's just toss it over to him and see what he can do in space and get there. So if, if Dak ends up throwing, you know, one or two or throwing one to Zeke and Zeke runs in one and Dak runs in one, because this isn't a good matchup for Amari Cooper. And we'll talk about that later, but Tredavious White's legit. And so if you don't trust that Gallup's going to get there or that Witten can get there or any of Randall Cobb is, is going to come back down to earth, then I, you know, I do love building building teams where I say, you know, let me just get Dak and let me get Zeke and start there and see what else I can do, because it, it, it may be one of those things where people are feeling like, OK, I have Dak. I need to play him with a pass catcher and not be thinking of Zeke and play a Kamara and Singletary or a, a Kamara and David Montgomery um, and, and forget about him. And and people will still build around that. But I think you're already setting yourself up to be contrarian if you take Dak and Zeke and no other pass catcher from Dallas in builds. Um, all right, let's let's move on to wide receiver um, and and talk about what we got here. Uh, Michael Thomas was hit on. He's the he's the highest priced receiver on the slate. This dude is is basically a, a pretty much a running back who's going out there at nine one and, and just the usage that he's getting. It's, it's pretty ridiculous um, when you're looking at the target share and what he's able to do. And, and Maddie, you talk about scoring touchdowns like whether he's scoring touchdowns or not, like he can put up 20. Um, he's just got such a good share. He's, I think he's going to see Isaiah Oliver in this matchup and definitely a winnable matchup for him. Um, so, it, it, I mean, 
I'll be playing a lot of Michael Thomas. It'll be hard for me to get away from him. I'll try and figure out builds elsewhere. Um, but, you know, to, to say you have 100% of a player does always feel kind of, you know, risk, uh, you know, negative ROI or negative EV, I guess I should say. Um, so, you know, I will be trying to find some builds that I feel comfortable with that don't have Michael Thomas in them. But on any main build that I'm making in any single entry, I'll, I probably will just have them. Uh, granted that there's no Julio Jones and Julio Jones in this matchup, he is coming in at 7,300, uh, should see PJ Williams, which is a matchup that we we've talked about before all of us have talked about before on this pod um, and one that is, is definitely, you know, been paying back some dividends um, kind of frustrating that he left last week, got a ton of them in week 12 um, has this shoulder injury. So we don't really know what, what his status is. Um, he's sitting out of practice, but they haven't yet ruled him out. So that's just something we're going to have to monitor because that'll open up things for Calvin Ridley, who's at 6,600. And if there's no Julio out there and Austin Hooper's banged up and, you know, Kev's not sure that Freeman's going to be seeing any pass work, then Calvin Ridley's got to be the guy that's just going to eat up in this matchup. And at 6,600, um, this definitely is, is, uh, is a spot here that can, he can well pay that off. Um, he's had two great games back to back, scoring touchdowns in both of those games, and in an at home matchup against New Orleans. Here, he he should be he should be in line for some good work. Uh, John Brown, uh, Maddie, and and Derek. If you guys want to talk about him and and kind of what you're seeing um, to get him in the Josh Josh Allen stacks, um, you can talk about that. I, I won't have any Kenny Galladay. I probably won't have any Marvin Jones unless Driscoll's out there. Um, I just don't think it's a spot that you need to get to um, from Detroit. And sure, you know, if they go out and hit, then so be it. But I think there's there's other ways around it. Uh, Randall Cobb and Michael Gallup are coming in here. And, and wide receiver twos have actually been pretty decent uh, in these matchups against Buffalo. Uh, you know, Randall Cobb seeing eight targets around seven targets and, and knowing that he has – upside here to hit, you know, 100 yard bonus and a touchdown on DK to get you 24 points. I kind of do like him. I think he has just less recognition than Michael Gallup, who has been talked about. It feels like anytime this guy's on national TV, they're talking about Michael Gallup. He's coming off that huge game against Detroit where he had nine and 148. Um, and it's it's one of the two of them that are usually hitting. So if you don't trust that Amari Cooper is going to get there because of the Tredavious White coverage, I, I like getting exposure to those guys. Uh, Anthony Miller, we've kind of touched on. There's not going to be any Gabriel. He's got 20 targets in his past two games. Uh, he, he definitely, you can see that in times when Mitchell is feeling pressure or looking for somebody who's open, it's it's really that he's looking for Miller because he's thinking that um, uh, Allen Robinson's getting bracket coverage and he's not able to find him. So Miller's able to you know get open and hit these seven eight yard strides. So uh, definitely like getting to some Anthony Miller this week. Um, I, I will have a ton of him. Uh, outside of that, I was looking to see if there's anybody that I missed. Uh, outside of that, I guess you could talk me into some Russell Gage. It is a short slate, so if he uh, if Julio's not able to go, Russell Gage then immediately becomes viable. He saw a lot of work there against the Tampa Bay game uh, when Julio left. So it would be you know nice to see him, even with that price bump there uh, at 4,500, get some added work. Um, and then Allen Robinson at, at 6,700, I kind of skipped over him. But he, if you're building any 
Mitchell Trubisky teams, I, I think you have to, you know, at least have 50 to 70% of them have Allen Robinson um, because I, I think he helps Mitchell get there. And um, even though this is a Darius Slay matchup for Allen Robinson, he did have six and 86 earlier this year against Slay and had some, had some good games against Detroit uh, last year as well. So this is a winnable matchup for him um, that we've seen on paper before. Uh, Maddie, we'll start with you this time and kind of where you're at with wide receiver and what you're looking at. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously Michael Thomas is a great play at the top. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's not. Uh, it's just a matter of, it's going to all be all about where, where you go with your builds. Um, if you, if you're not playing breeze, if you are playing breeze, you have to play Michael Thomas. If you're not playing breeze, um, Michael Thomas is still going to be extremely popular. Um, and he's very expensive and we've, we've seen these, high price wide receivers um, perform okay in, in really good spots. Uh, but it's, it's been the running backs that have been consistent, uh, the high volume running backs and wide receivers, the most variant highest variance position that we have. Um, so if you're looking to fade a, a high price chalk guy, it would, it would be Michael Thomas on the slate for me just because of the nature of, of the position. Um, I know he's going to get his targets, uh, but there is that concern that, that they just, and like you mentioned, with, with the Falcons, if, if they don't have Julio and they don't have Hooper, uh, how are they going to move the ball is my counter-argument to wanting to play Calvin Ridley. Uh, yeah, he's probably going to get force-fed targets, but I'm not convinced that they're going to be able to move the, move the ball down the, down the field uh, to be, for him to be able to put up a ceiling, a ceiling game. So wide receiver is, is, is pretty – I'm pretty much going to play the receivers that uh, – are going to be stacked with my quarterback. So that's Allen Robinson who commands the, the bulk of the work in, in Chicago. And he actually sees a, a bump with Gabriel out this year. So with Gabriel off the field, a Rob's target share jumps from 23 to 27. Uh, and his red zone target rate jumps from, from 17 to 32. Uh, so they, they really rely on Allen Robinson when, when Gabriel's not, not in there. Uh, Anthony Miller goes up a little bit, but it's not anything that's, that's super noteworthy. Um, but he will be, he's still going to be involved. Um, and then I don't know if I can run it back with any lions. It's, it's going to depend on, that's all going to depend on whether Driscoll's playing or not. But other than that, I mean, uh, we mentioned at the top of the show that the Dallas receivers are just too, too cheap. So even if you're not playing Dak, I think playing one of Cooper Gallup, uh, or Cobb makes a ton of sense. I'll, I'll let, I'll let Derek dive into the specific matchups in that game, uh, with John Brown and, and, uh, Cooper and Gallup because he's already done done an article for that. So uh, he's he's got the specific stats on those guys and their matchups. But I, I think that there was a, a tweet that went out this week too about Amari's home and road splits as well. Uh, and you look at Amari's road games and it's like it is night and day, completely different uh, player at home than he is on the road. Uh, and, and so you have Amari at home on Thanksgiving slate at 6K. And even if he's seeing Tredavious White, I, I think he – he might go overlooked because of that, and if he if he is, he's I mean he's a slate breaker uh, anytime that he's playing, at, especially at home. Um, and we just saw what was it last, two weeks ago? We saw Devontae Parker just punk Tre'Davious White for 130 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, yeah, White's Wasn't been that- good. The numbers say that White's been good, but you look at Buffalo's schedule too, and they haven't really faced any top caliber outside receivers. Um, I mean, it's the, been it's been a lot of bad teams. Yeah. 
the so, Devontae and, Parker, but the Devontae Parker one, I think it was like a 50 or 60 yard reception and he fell. And I think that's where the majority of all of his yards came from in that game. I well, mean, he still had more than 30. He so had five targets against him and he caught all five for 80 yards. Yeah. So, I mean, even a not, I mean, Tredavious White didn't force an incompletion on any target that he faced. So, anyway. Yeah, and I could, I could argue that Devontae or Amari Cooper's a little bit better than, than Devontae Parker. So, um, I mean, it's just 6K, if he's going overlooked, I absolutely love Amari, and especially if everybody's going to play Gallup over Amari just because of the, the cornerback matchup. Um, you look at – you watch the film. Uh, Amari did get open a few times against Gilmore and in the Patriots game, and Dak just wasn't looking his way. It was just a predetermined thing that, that Dak just wasn't going to attack Gilmore. Uh, so, I mean – I think Cooper's as close as it gets, uh, especially in man coverage, as close as it gets to being one of the hardest receivers to guard uh, in the NFL. So um, I'm not going to let a, a tough matchup uh, get me off of Cooper at 6K uh, at home on Thanksgiving. So um, I do like that. I think Anthony Miller's a great play. We mentioned him uh, for cheat. Um, but, I mean, outside of that, I, I mentioned my my Falcons take. Uh, I just – I'm going to struggle to see them move the ball, especially if, if Julio really is banged up. Uh, I saw people were saying that he couldn't even hardly lift his arm and he was still out there finishing the game on Sunday. Uh, so who knows what, what kind of shape he's in. We've seen him just be decoys before uh, and be not involved at all, just be a body out there. So that very well could be what happens with them. And again, I, I just think the saints kind of take it to the Falcons pretty, pretty handily. And, uh, I don't see the Falcons moving the ball, so I'm kind of off their their pass game. Fair enough, uh, Derek. Where you where you at? Um, currently, dude, my biggest lean right now is to fade the two highest priced receivers on this slate, and, my, and Michael Thomas and Julio. And it, I'm not gonna say it's not frightening because it absolutely is scary. But dude, like Michael Thomas is nine one, and is much like on a three gamer. Unless you're playing Breeze, which you have to stack him with MT, you have to. If I'm not playing Breeze, then I'm not playing Michael Thomas, probably. Because I, here's my thing with Michael Thomas, is on a three-game slate with price, pricing being tight, are there other receiver plays in this slate that I think, because outside of the Tampa Bay game, outside of the Tampa Bay game, Michael Thomas's ceiling week after week is 30 points. So my thing is, at 9-1, are there other receiver plays that I think can get 30 points but offer me saving $2,000, $3,000 on this slate? And if I think that, which I do, then why am I playing Michael Thomas at 9-1 if I think that there are other wide receivers in this slate that can match him? I'm not talking about surpass him but match him and give me two to three K to play with. And that's kind of where I'm at because paying nine one for Michael Thomas, when outside of Tampa Bay game, his ceiling is 30 points right now. It's we have 12 weeks of sample to show us that right now. Mm -hmm. And if like what Maddie's talking about, if the Falcons are not going to push the saints, yes, Michael Thomas is a lock. Yes. I think he ends up at 25 points. I'm not saying he busts, but if I can get a receiver that saves me 3000 2000 that can at least match what MT does, then I'm lapping the field, especially on a player that I feel like is going to be one of the highest owned, if not the highest owned player on the slate 
in general. And so it, for me, it, I'm gravitating. I'm pushing the button on Alvin Robinson a lot. I'm pushing the button. I love how they priced Alvin Robinson directly around Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is smack dab in the middle of Allen Robinson and John Brown. And I love both those players around Calvin Ridley. And it's not so much hating on Calvin Ridley. We've seen what the Falcons can do. Like, they've gone in a few different directions. The last time they played the Saints, they weren't looking to pass the ball. They were trying to run the ball. Before Freeman went out, they were heavy on trying to get him involved and keep the ball out of the Saints' hands. And so we talked about running backs. I don't think that Kamara and MT both get there this week. So it's one or the other for me. And for me, I'm leaning towards Kamara and not Michael Thomas because it, even if he does get there, I could save money and still get the same kind of ceiling out of other plays on this slate. So I'm, I'm falling in love with Allen Robinson. He's had big games versus Detroit in the past. Slay is not somebody that I'm scared about because the fact of it is, is Slay in zone coverage is an absolute god. That dude is nobody to be freaking trifled with. But the problem is he's got a head coach and a defensive coordinator that wants to shove a dude, a square guy, into a round hole, and they're making him play mostly man and press, which is terrible because the guy is just a jag. He's average in both of those coverage metrics. But he's a god in zone, but he's not playing either one of those. So I'm not worried about Slate. So it's all Allen Robinson for me. I love John Brown in this, and a lot of this comes down to, yes, I understand He's going to get Byron Jones, and Byron Jones is a stud. I'm not going to sit here and trash Byron Jones. But in looking into the numbers a little bit more, Byron Jones in the last three years has given up 66% of his touchdowns. Now, granted, that's six touchdowns over a three-year span. I understand that's not great, but if you look at how, when Byron Jones has been beat, when he has been beat, how has it happened? And four of those six touchdowns came on ADOT's higher than 13. Coincidentally, look, John Brown is, we know he's being targeted down the field. 48% of this dude's target volume has been from an 8 out of 13.5 or higher. So if we're talking about Byron Jones gets beat deep, half of what John Brown sees on the season is deep, then I'm down with him getting beat deep. And and that's another reason why I'm loving some Josh Allen, because not a lot of people are going to, like, when you look at where he's priced, John Brown is directly in between Calvin Ridley and Kenny Galladay. I can promise you both of those guys are probably going to come on higher owned than John Brown and not even bat a damn eye. Like, I will bet money on that. Anybody wants to sit here and challenge on me, fine, I'm with it. Because I bet you John Brown catches lower ownership than both of those plays this week. Um, I love Amari Cooper. Like, all of these Dallas pass catchers are just woefully underpriced. And even if I'm playing Dak, I'm not playing Dak, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my stance. So I'm going to draw the line in the sand. Every single lineup I roll out there, every lineup, three max, head-to-heads, everything, I am lock-buttoning Michael Gallup. Like, I will not build a lineup without him this week. And that is simply because Levi Wallace, their, their corner on the other side of Tredavious White for the Bills, is absolute hot trash. That dude is garbage. He's terrible. Like, I don't know what kind of mojo he had in 2018, but that dude decided, like, Austin Powers just to, like, lose his mojo. Like, he ain't got it no more, man. This year, he's given up a 69% catch rate, four touchdowns, and a 112 passer rating. If there's a guy that you can absolutely punk on the Bills, if you don't believe in Amari, that's fine. 
I am not going to sit here and sweat you about that. But not playing Michael Gallup at 5'5 five, five is egregious to me. When this guy is and 33% of his games has gone over 113 yards receiving. This dude has a monster ceiling. And if he gets a tutty and you ain't got him at 5'5 five, five versus a garbage cornerback, he is going to sit here. He, he could be the guy that outpaces Amari. He could break the slate. Like, I love Michael Gallup and will not get away from him this week. Um, I'm not on Detroit Lions. I'm not feeling it. I love Marvin Jones the entire year, but Driscoll or blah. I don't care who's under center. I don't see the ceiling in either one of those guys this week to win me a GPP. Like, for me, the – Top 5% of the range of outcomes, regardless of whoever is under center, is 18 points, maybe 20. And I, I don't really see – that is slim to none. Like, I really don't see that probably hitting. So even if I'm stacking bears, I'm not running it back most likely with any lines. Um, on the low end, I think he's probably going to be chalk because it, just how sharp the field has gotten – but I love Anthony Miller. I, I can't get away from him. Um, I'm trying to actually make some builds without him included because I do feel like if we're talking about the free square this week, I feel like Anthony Miller is probably close to that. Like I was talking about my true builds. The last guy in that I feel like if he hits the ceiling is either Anthony Miller or Tariq Cohen. And, God, man, for Anthony Miller's uptick in usage the last two weeks, dude's seen 20 targets. And that's not even being accounted for in this 3-9 pricing. So, and if you look at it, fun fact, the only 100-yard receiving game in Anthony Miller's entire freaking career was versus the Lions. And that was with Allen Robinson playing. That was with Trubisky playing. So, does that hold a lot of water here? I, I mean, most likely because Justin Coleman on the other side has been just a turnstile. Dude's allowed six, six touchdowns on the season in the slot. Like, the reason that the Lions are bad and they're the bottom of the league, bottom five, the last time I looked, they were 27th in slot points allowed is simply because of Justin Coleman is a big old flaming trash bag. So that's about where I'm at on wide receiver. It's really narrow for me this week. It's a lot to do with what quarterbacks that I feel like hit their ceiling or how I'm stacking more likely. And yes, I'm actually, my butthole is puckered um, by fading MT and Julio. It's straight up. Like I'm just going to say it, but I'm, I'm fading them right now. Um, I'm fading these high price, put it this way as somebody who played Julio last week, how happy do you think people are with playing Julio and paying up for that wide receiver last week? I can definitely tell you as somebody who, who pay, played a lot of him, I'm sure as hell not. And that's not like piss and vinegar in my veins. That's more along the lines of I'm going to embrace wide receiver volatility, kind of like I embrace DST volatility, and I'm going to pay up for running back. The points are going to come, or at least <laughs> where I'm at right now, that's what I hope. It's all you. Kevin's been waiting. He's been just waiting to unload. I have been. This whole like Michael Thomas fading thing is fucking stupid. Okay, like the guy tell is me like. Why, tell me why let, let, me, stupid. let me tell you tell why. Me how because did he hit over thirty? Tell me that. Because he's the he's the one. He's the safest play on the entire slate. The entire slate. There's he's not a player. Nine of one, Kev. How are you getting to him? And you're and we're just we, we are we are a couple weeks of talking about <laughs> we want to play Christian McCaffrey and everything, and he was ten. It's a three gamer, Kev. I'm aware. Different. 
Kev always has to bring it back to Christian. You have McCaffrey. to go back to week six. The last time he didn't score over 25 DK points. Week six. The guy is as consistent as they come. He's I guaranteed mean, I mean, locked he's button. He's due to not oh, score God. 25 points. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is what's going to happen. That's fine, but here's my thing. You want to talk? Like, all right. Let's and even more so. Even more so. Thing. Even more so here is we don't have a ton of high priced guys here that, that like, it's not like you're like, ah oh, man, I really got to make a decision here on this. There's a ton of really pl- uh, plays <clears throat> that are priced down. Like we don't have to make that decision this week. You can pretty much play anybody you want. Oh, the way the draft yeah, comes at pricing. JD McKissick. I forgot my bad. <laughs> no, but you, a wide receiver. Well, look at all the, the, there's, there's so many plays. Like you can sit here and make, and make any, pretty much any lineup you want, right? You can pay, make a lineup with Drew Brees, Zeke, Michael Thomas, Alan Robinson, Amari Cooper, Anthony, you throw in some an Anthony Miller or Trey Cohen, <clears throat> pay down a defense with the Bills or something like that. It's easily done. So, so here's my thing. On the other side of that, Allen Robinson and, and, and Cooper equal Michael Thomas, and you save the salary, you get up to high priced running backs, but you equal Michael Thomas's play, and you save two to three grand, but you get the mega running backs over playing like the trash can plays. How like talk to me how that makes sense. Like, that's the only thing that I'm not getting right now because, like, for me, I think that other wide receiver plays on this slate can equal Michael Thomas's production. And I could be wrong, but I think that there are other receivers in this three-gamer that are way too cheap that can equal the same amount of points that Michael Thomas puts out outside of one game on the entire season we've seen. And I could save 2 to 3K. So... Talk to me about that because, the pro- that, that's, because is the that's the only is, part where I feel like I'm struggling. So the, with the it. difference is, is on on normal slates, like on a main slate, right? We sit here and you talk about it. You're talking about multiple guys that can get there on this slate. How many people? If, if it better be more than three that can outproduce what he does, because if, if there's not, I'm not talking about outproducing. I'm talking about equaling him. Or John equaling Brown, him, Allen or Robinson, and him. Amari Cooper can all equal him. And so Tell can me Zeke. They can't. And so Tell can me Zeke they can't. and Kamara. And so can Zeke and Kamara. But but here's my thing. Tell me that they all three of those wide receiver plays can't equal him at cheaper. Well, sure. It's it, it, on any given week, anything can happen. It, is, it doesn't matter. But there, there's nobody oh, that's as consistent out. as he is. <laughs> there, there, there's not a running back on the slate that is consistent as he is. Like, he, he is the most consistent player on this entire slate, and it's not that's close. Fair. Like to sit here and say that like Alvin Kamara is oh, isn't risky. Zeke isn't risky. If if they fall behind by a couple touchdowns, I don't know if he's going to get the target share to, to to be able to make him that. If he doesn't find the end zone, Zeke is is Michael Thomas is lock button ten to fifteen targets every single week. Like he is easy to play, and like I said, we can easily play. Michael Thomas with everybody and still get everybody in that you want. Like it's not like you have to make this huge decision of like, right. man, I love these I don't, guys. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's easy. Like, easy. I, I don't think it's as easy. I, as yeah, you're yeah. There's about. a couple yeah, exactly. of lineup build right now. I don't no, think I, that I, it's that damn easy to play good plays when you have Breeze and Michael Thomas. Like we can sure. walk through a build right now live, I it, and I, I don't think it's that damn that. easy. I'm we're gonna, gonna we're about to do it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it at the end of this. They're teams that you can feel comfortable with. It's just that it's not easy. But Kev, this is—it's just hilarious to me because this is the same exact conversation we were having about Christian McCaffrey, and this is a cash move on a slate like that, which I don't condone playing cash on a three-game slate at all. But like you're talking Ooh. about safety and 
where where you're going to like start out and feel comfortable with. And yes, like I agree with you. Like I, I'm I'm trying to find builds in single entry tournaments where I can get to Michael Thomas because I love him on the slate. But if you're talking about entering this this twenty dollar wishbone or the three max with four hundred thousand people in there and getting contrarian, then you have to think about what are not what are people not going to be doing. And and flipping that out but and for trying it to, work. to get there, for and, that's, and that's your bread and butter of what you yeah. talk about. And it's like, all about upside. Like but, we can sit here and talk about Michael Thomas as a lock for twenty five DK points, and that's fine. Is he going to get thirty five to forty where he's going to absolutely burn me if I don't play him? That's the that's the part I'm I'm kind of fading here. And, and like, we're questioning yeah, it against an Atlanta defense, the, the only, an Atlanta defense guess. that for the majority of the season has been absolutely torched. Even in Michael Thomas's game whenever the whenever the Saints didn't do shit that game when he was whenever that they scored 9 total points. What what did he get you? 31, I think it was. Yeah, 31.2 in that game. When he he didn't score a touchdown, there was no touchdown scored and he still got you 31.2. The problem is is that you need these other games or another game on this slate to explode for for him to for, for you to be able to fade him and, and, and still be able to win. Because if you don't, and, and there's no other like huge games, and there, there's some like middling wide receivers, maybe a couple wide receivers give you 15, 20, you're dead. You're dead in the water without him. Because there's nobody, like I said, there's not a player on this slate that's as consistent as he is that you can almost guarantee outside of some sort of injury, there's a way that he's not going to. The best matchup on the slate against the worst secondary in the league and a, and a player that's going to get you 12 to 15 targets. On a, on a main slate, sure, like we can have this conversation all day. But when you're talking about three games, like not having him is almost death. Because, because if, like I said, he can get you anywhere... Like disagree. on the, the short end, I, disagree. I, feel like I, disagree. I disagree on this play. I disagree. All right, all right, all right, all right. Hold on, hold on. On a three gamer, tell me this. So if you, we'll go through a lineup build. The other side of what you're saying is that if Michael Thomas does this, and you don't have him, does he bury you? But the other side of that conversation is based off of your lineup build. All these other sketch plays, if they don't hit, do you bury yourself? Because Michael Thomas can hit, and that's great and grand, but the, the other sketch plays that you throw into a lineup don't hit. You're talking about differences on some – because we haven't even gotten a tight end position. Like, we're talking about other positions that where if these sketch plays don't hit, you're burying yourself by 50 points just to get you 35 out of Michael Thomas when he's 2K more than any other receiver. Yeah, like, so so basically like, – That's like, my thing. If Thomas, if Thomas gets you – has a good game, gets you 31 – and Allen Robinson keeps pace and he gets you 26. And the salary that you saved by playing, by not playing Michael Thomas allows you to get up to Kamara at running back as opposed to Singletary. And Kamara also gets you 28, whereas Singletary gets you eight. You now have a 15-point advantage on, on that Michael Thomas build, despite Michael Thomas outscoring Allen Robinson by, by at least five points. I just... On the I'll, most popular player, possibly on yeah, three gamer. I'll, That's the thing too. I'll play the roulette of, of Michael Thomas just scoring twenty five and hoping Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, John Brown uh, can match him. And I'm just that's just how I'm going to play it. Like, yes, yeah. I completely agree. Michael Thomas is the safest player on the slate. Agree, but I think his ceiling. I don't think his ceiling is high enough that it's going to burn me. 
And of course, now he's going to go for 11, 120, and three score. <laughs> that I said that. Yeah, now he's so. going to break the fucking slate. He's going to get 50 points, and we're all going to be like shitting yeah. our pants on um, Turkey. But that's day. fine. I'll, I'll wear that. I, I'm playing the Kamara touchdown, uh, t- do for touchdown. Y'all angle. did hear. Maddie said he is wearing his shitting pants on Thursday, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Just so we're saying, brown pants <laughs> <No>. only. <clears throat> So are you saying, well, saying, so are you saying like Maddie? Because I know I know you basically only play one or two lineups. You're different than what we do. Yeah. Are you saying are you saying you're full fading? You're not going to play him in your lineups. Is that what you're saying? Um, I'm playing three max, on. and I'll, I'll step over Maddie because I, I my, my my balls are feeling real big right now. <laughs> um, I'm playing three max this week, and I'm full fading Michael Thomas right now. I'll I'll, I'll straight up say it. That's do you want? Do you, right do you want? Are are you a Venmo or PayPal guy? You can just, you just want to send it to me, or? dude. Play your JD McKissick. Come at me, Kev. Come on, what's that to head, baby? I'm down with it. Hey, J- Roll your JD McKissick. I'll, I'll play my lineup. I'm down. Kevin's got so much money on the table. I, I'm still going to play like, like Tijuana. Hey, He's got so hey. much money on the no, table. See, see the, way we, the way we figure all this out here is that because we're going to have uh, the TFA <laughs> Listener League where you all can join – and we'll we'll see who wins. We'll we'll see who's right. <laughs> you know, I think it's like a, you know. So if you want to join, jump in with us, and you know, yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. I'll send you the send, link. Send, for the send the link, baby. Let's go. Let's go. So so I also think uh, before we move on to tight end, real quick, because we we do we, we we're kind of burying the lead here with this whole play, and and the fact of the matter remains is that this is the third game on a three game slate, not the first game. So this is all going to be brewing throughout the day. So if you don't have, you know, like if we're seeing the Chicago and Detroit game go a particular way or whatever, uh, Buffalo, Dallas is going a particular way, whatever, like there's going to be moves that could be made in this late game to, to kind of get you to a spot where this conversation could come into play. And so like, I, I you know, is, are there players that, Matt and, and Derek, that you guys, you know, you Derek, you're saying you're full fading him. Are there plays that you think you would even have in this Atlanta New Orleans game to where you're looking at the rest of your lineup and saying, is it time for me to make a decision on do I want to pivot to Michael Thomas or not? Because I played a Josh Allen and John Brown stack that was lower owned than expected to be. And if I fade this chalk, I might not hit first because I was so contrarian everywhere else. You, you know what I'm saying? Because like, we're, we're talking about guys like, okay, so we're playing, you know, you play Zeke at running back. You you play Tariq Cohen. Those both hit. You have Kamara in the flex now, in the flex position because he was the later game. You played Gallup. You played John Brown. You played Josh Allen. Okay, you're looking at your team now, and these guys are all hitting. Now you have Kamara, and maybe you have the chance – of a thousand dollars left and you can get up to that 9,100 Michael Thomas. I mean, that's where it really comes into conversation and saying, if you have a flex spot and you have $9,100 left in it and the rest of your team hits, who are you playing? Man, I I think this week pricing and builds are tight. Uh, If you want to, I really think you're asking yourself one or two questions. Do you play MT? Do you play Breeze? Or do you play the other side of it and you get up to the running backs? Like, yeah. at least in my early builds, that's kind of where it's at. So if you're putting MT in the flex or versus Kamara, yeah, that's fine. But who did you play in your lineup to get up to that point? I mean, the only other thing that I can think that, that you did is you played one of the tight ends from that late game. Because past that, even late swapping, how are you getting up to MT? Like, I don't understand, like, 
I don't know if you got the, the salary too late swap TMT. I mean, maybe y'all could. I'm early in my builds. If, if I'm wrong, tell me. But I just don't know if you're playing a lot of plays in these early games. Are people going to have a lot of salary to get up to MT at that late spot, even if you want to do it? Just to, just to talk in general, though, to answer your question, Ryan, it's especially in tournaments, like people get under this impression that your entire lineup has to be less than 5% owned to take on a tournament. Mm-hmm. And then that's not true. You need, you need a core of guys, like, and it's usually an air attack um, at low ownership because that is the highest variance uh, part of the sport that we have. Um, usually you see popular running backs and you see low owned stacks that take down tournaments. Um, with that being said, your entire lineup does not have to be super contrarian. So let's say you've got a Josh Allen, John Brown stack that is basically unowned, less than 10%. It goes off. It's the nuts of the slate. Allen's got 30 plus and, and Brown's close to 30 himself. You don't have to play. You don't have to fade MT if, if you have the salary for that, because you are, are automatically different from the field because of that, that low on stack that you had that went off. So that's just something important to, to remember as you go through builds is you don't have to always be different at, at every single spot. It's just a matter of being different enough with a good portion of your team that you're going to create a, a different build than, than what the field has. Yeah, like Maddie's talking about, you can eat the chalk. Just if you're going to eat the chalk. you got to be different feel, somewhere. Feel, yeah, you got to be different somewhere else, but you got to feel good about the chalk that you're going to eat. Like – like if you're gonna eat like and and like what Kevin's talking about, like I get eating the MT chalk, but like for me at least through my early builds, I'm going in a different direction, and I see people that have the same ceiling. But the other side of it is like I, I think that there's other players that can equal that chalk. I, no, I, I I hear you guys. Um, this lineup it, for the people who are listening to this pod on on. Uh, iTunes or Stitcher or, or what have you, they're not going to be able to see it, but I'm going to say it right now. So Josh Allen, Tariq Cohen, Ezekiel Elliott, John Brown, Michael Gallup, Anthony Miller, Dawson Knox, Michael Thomas, and Saints D leaves you $200. So you look at a situation where, you know, all of these players outside of Michael Thomas and the Saints D will have gone in this lineup. And then you're forced with the position where Michael Thomas is in the flex. And if the rest of that team hits, are you going to pivot down to Camara, which few people will do and few people will have built a team unless they've pivoted like that because there was so much money left on the table. A thousand dollars is a lot for people to stomach to leave on a build. So by going to Camara, which you, which you guys say that you like doing over Michael Thomas, you know, is, is you're feeling like you're probably winning a GPP if you have Camara in that flex spot and the rest of that team hit because, you but to win. your spot, Ryan, like at that point, and I'll just say it straight up, like I will probably keep Michael Thomas in my lineup at that point because yeah. like Kev is talking about, he's the safest play on the slate. Yeah. So at that point, fine, eat the chalk. He gets you the 30 and you in the GPP. But like, but again, in, in a lineup like this, you don't have the two You've big already been different backs. enough. Like you, you don't have the two big running backs here. You've got Zeke without Kamara, and mm-hmm. you're you've got a shitty tight end. If you don't play Michael Thomas, you can get up to Kamara and you can up your tight end. And that's kind of – so let's go to tight end. What are you guys doing at tight end? Are there cheap plays that you guys feel comfortable in playing? Or is it – this is something me me and Derek have have kind of talked about Mm -hmm. over the last couple days because this came up on the main slate this week, this past week. It was Zach Ertz and then it was everybody else. It was Zach Zach Ertz's ceiling. If he hits a ceiling, which he did, 
30 points. Nobody's going to come close to, to, to getting what the production Zach Ertz is going to hit. And yeah. at that point, you've got 30-point Zach Ertz, and everybody else has, if they luck box into a touchdown with a random, a random tight end, they've got, a let's say, a 10-point tight end for 2K less, 3K less. Is that is are you able to make up those twenty points elsewhere? Segwaying into this specific slate, is Jared Cook head and shoulders better than everybody else in terms of a floor ceiling combo, or I, I, is is there are there other cheap tight ends that that we need to you know seriously consider? Yeah, I mean for for me, I don't think that Jared Cook is is in the conversation of what Zach Ertz was. I, right, I, I mean, I, it, it, but yeah. Jared Cook is also only forty eight hundred. Right, right. Was what six yes. k? If he, if yeah, if he was six k, this would be a different. Right. Conversation. It would be a different conversation. Yeah, but he's forty eight hundred, sure. and your your Jaden Grams of the world are, are thirty three hundred. So you're only looking at, at right. fifteen hundred difference here, and I guess that's kind of the that's kind of the the internal battle I'm having, and and would allow you to get up to a Michael Thomas over a Kamara because um, there's your fifteen hundred salary. Uh, yeah. What is if Jared Cook hits his ceiling? Can, is there anybody that can come close to matching him? And if he doesn't hit his ceiling, is yeah. his floor high enough to where he's not going to bury you if he if he doesn't, you know, doesn't catch a touchdown or whatever? Like, are are there other tight ends? I guess that that could keep pace with Jared Cook. And if so, who are they? I I, I mean, I don't mind playing. I, I I hate that Tyler Croft is there, but like, I don't mind playing Dawson Knox. I, I know that there, Ryan. I mean, you're probably looking. Look, he gets eleven nine, but I still sixteen. I guess is what he had against Cincinnati, and pretty much like what you have to do against Dallas is a t- like Dallas is giving up points to the tight end. They're giving up a lot of catches to the tight end, and and that's pretty much what teams have designed to do uh, to try and funnel ways to move down the field against this defense. So. It's an ugly slate for tight end, and you have to try and find things elsewhere. Now, again, I was I was the guy who said I want to try and get some Michael Thomas on built. So this is what led me to okay, is Dawson Knox even viable for me to put into this position? Because if he's not, then I need to find ways to get cute, or I, I'm considering it getting cute, but to find ways to fade Michael Thomas because I don't want to play Chalk Jared Cook. I just don't want to play Chalk Jared Cook. And especially in that last game there, I get it. Like if I don't have a guy that got me there, then I'm then I'm probably screwed. But I'm also like gonna bet on the fact that like Drew Brees spreads the ball around. We've all seen it. We know it from time to time. And so when you think that Drew Brees is gonna do what Drew Brees does and that and that Jared Cook is in a good matchup and can find himself in a spot where he, you know, leans on it, he's gonna look for Traquan Smith. He's gonna look for Josh Hill might find himself into the end zone. Like God only knows what's gonna happen in this late game. But Drew Brees is not married to any target outside of Michael Thomas in this offense. And because there are so many viable options that New Orleans rolls out, I just don't want to feel like I am lock taking on a Jared Cook, even as cheap as he is. And so I'm, I'm, you know, can this be a TJ Hawkinson game where, you know, if Driscoll is out there, he did go for three and 40 and change or something like that against the Chicago Bears defense, who's also had trouble guarding the tight end position. Could this be the only Detroit pass catcher that I find myself getting to? It feels ugly as hell. And I don't even know what what if any exposure I'm going to have to him. But this fucking guy, Hor- Horstead, 
for the Bears. Like he might legitimately be the only tight end option out there for the Bears. And with Trubisky, who has a low A dot, it's not a high upside play. But again, if he finds himself into the end zone and he gets me eight points, I'm treating this as like showdown, right? Because we talk about, oh, people don't want to play kickers and you don't want to play defense. But if you can get your eight to nine points there and, and hope for just like a GPP that that's enough and you built the rest of your team strong enough around that and Michael Thomas does hit 35 or 40, then I think you can feel comfortable with those plays. But I think, you know, Dawson Knox in a, in a Josh Allen stack, I think I could get there. TJ Hawkinson as a one-off, I could probably get there. And, and then you're right. And, and then if Austin Hooper plays, if Austin Hooper plays, I'll take some wrist shots on him at his price tag. Uh, just knowing that ownership will be, e- even though higher because he's playing, still depressed because he's 5,900. Kev, where are you at? Kev, what say you? Can we talk about Christian Blake real quick? Okay. Can, can we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, 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 who's that? Yeah. Cr- Christian who, Blake. Who, who's this guy? Who, who's he playing for? Oh my God, Kev! The Falcons, why? The Falcons, all right. I've been, I've spent the last ten minutes while you guys were talking. I didn't even pay attention to anything you guys were saying. Doing all this, looking up Christian Blake because <laughs> I, 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 I got about oh fifteen tabs. Like ten minutes Christian of your life, Blake you're never right gonna get back, Kev. Okay, this. I'm just saying it's kind of intriguing because the first thing I said I was like, oh. This this motherfucker had nine targets last week. Be stuck in Tijuana and then look up Christian Blake. Uh, for okay, a- nine targets last week. Please get me a mute. I, I need the I need the Tony Reale around the horn mute. Listen, I uh, see. I have the ability to mute people. He doesn't. Do <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, all right. So, 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 get your Christian Blake take it into the space. I'm just Come saying. On, I'm just saying. It's a, there's some intrigue there. If Julio doesn't play. He's likely going to be the number two wide receiver. He had nine targets last week. He played, I think, forty five percent of the snaps last week. Now, Kev. granted, this is the the a single dart throw, like not something. If I'm you're playing a couple lineups, don't even think about it. But if you're, if you're playing a ton of lineups, Christian Blake is in three K, not minimum. You want to get in you all know. the plays. You, you know, we play all the tight end position, right? Yeah, okay, give me up one of those. Give I know. One of those. See, one of those. I didn't get to get in all my wide receiver tight ends, and this dude's still talking about wide receivers. Week in and week out this is my life <laughs> i didn't get to get in my, my my takes here on the wide receivers because we got into this long conversation and we so, spent 25 minutes on wide receivers what are you talk, talking about? about about yeah we talked about yeah, there's a lot of time to talk about michael thomas so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's all i want to say that's all i want to say just take a look at it yourself okay just take a look at him that's all you gotta do let's just take I don't a look want at dude over here this okay. dude over here line up so, zeke Kamara and michael I don't thomas want to, you can't make me. hey i'm running hey i'm running it back with christian christian blake over here okay oh, and you can't make me christian blake jd mckissick just wait. Hey, I can't, can't wait. Make me look at it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I cannot wait. And then we're going to roll right into the weekend with Andy Dalton Chalk Week. I cannot wait. This oh, week is going to be God, so like, nothing, like an, nothing like an undrafted receiver out of <laughs> Northern Illinois who runs a four five six forty. Hey, hey. That's hey, baby, we're, we're talking about, hey, what's that, Bears? Where's that guy come out? Princeton? Where's that Bears yeah, guy from? Said. Yeah, Horstead. Where, where did he come out of? Horstead. Uh, like a four nine forty. He's. I looked him up. He's. Uh, he's horrible. <laughs> so he, 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 I just uh, want to talk about. I, I just want to put the name out there. Okay, that's all. I'm putting the name out there into the world. Kev, Kev, get with us on tight ends. I got you, Christian. Break. Listen, 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 Linda. Okay, as far as. <laughs> 
Listen, as far as, 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 far, as far as tight end goes, okay, yes, Jared, Jared Cook is the most attractive, probably the only really appealing tight end there is. But this is where, if you want leverage, this is where it fucking happens. Because Jared Cook is going to be insanely high alone. He's going to most definitely be in the what? 60 70 percent range probably somewhere in that range because there's nobody else that anybody wants yeah. to play and this is definitely where you get the leverage because let's be honest jared cook is not some slate breaker yes he has the ability to give you 15 to 20 i i, I think on a, on a good day depending on how things go if they get up early uh, i don't think that's good for jared cook and so yes if you want to be different this is definitely the position to do it and is there a great is there a great option at this point? I mean, I think the, the Dawson Knox is probably your best bet. Um, hope that the the Cowboys get up early and they are forced to throw the ball. And I think Dawson Knox could easily you know find the end zone a couple of times. Yeah, I think that's where you would probably probably look to go. But you just ruined you just ruined my plays, Kev. Like it, not, nothing is easy. Nothing is easy. He's a GPP play. He can't easily find the end zone two times. Don't ruin Dawson Knox for me. Dude, he said cat. Well, look, he said Dawson Knox and easily easily double dong in this one. Come on, bud. Yeah, aren't you all with that? Now I got a full fade. <laughs> no, you full. No, you don't full fade him. Come on, Ryan. You, you you full fade Christian Blake. It's all good, baby. Yeah, full fade Christian Blake and JD McKissick. We're gonna have the dartboard up at, at TFA headquarters. For- <laughs> At least, at least we know how Kev's fitting in on all his high-priced guys. He's playing Blake McKissick and, and, and Dawson Knox. So. Let's Dawson fucking Knox. go. Dawson like, Knox, I will say Dawson Knox is not a horrible, horrible <coughs> idea. I mean, no, I get behind it. Brown and Beasley, he's the next highest targeted guy, and his, his dot of 7.5 is, is not awful. Maddie, what, what's on top of your head? Like, well, you're looking at it right now. What's his highest targets for the whole year? Because I honestly do not know. Um, I, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what is his median target projection? He's got 37 on the entire year. On the entire year, but like, I what, want to say he's had in the whole game. I want to say it's three, it's six. I think it's six. Oh, it is six. Target. So he's here's his it, targets for the whole year: two, four, four, three, five, zero. Oh, bye. Five, one, two, six, three, two. So you're looking in the two to four range, most likely with a ceiling of six. Who was the six versus? Uh. Six was against Cleveland. That was a 16 to 19 game. Look, I've been targeting tight ends versus Dallas all freaking year. Five was against Miami. Five was against Tennessee. Four was against Cincinnati. And four was against the Giants. So, I mean, they are using him in good spots. Yeah. I get the play. Like, I really do. I guess my whole thing is that what's, what's Knox's price right now? 29. 29. For me, it's just not a. Big enough price gap, man. Like considering, like I don't know, man. Like you, you look at ceiling, like absolute ceiling, like his absolute ceiling. If he double dongs, okay, is what eighteen, maybe right? Like, I mean, are we projecting him like if he gets two tutties, he's got twelve. I think you're looking at two to three catches for thirty yards, and, and two you would need two touchdowns. Yeah, so that's yeah. seventeen points. Would yeah, be his, so his max ceiling. Same. I, I absolutely agree. And that but that's like a three percent outcome, like for him. Like like yeah. and I and I'm just tossing a number into the space, but just to say that it's it's low, man. Like I get the play, but for me, like we were talking so going back to wide receivers, 
looking at these plays and like the price savings between the two, like, do I think that there are other plays on the board can, that can equal and, and justify the savings? Because like, if we're talking about taking on GPPs, I'm talking about the ceiling here. And are there other guys that can match Jared Cook's ceiling? Because no. Jared Cook's ceiling is like, and I know Maddie and I have talked about this in DMs. I don't want to steal words out of his mouth, but dude, like Jared Cook in the four games, full games with Drew Brees, three targets, two for 37, 10 for six for 74, two, two, 31, and he got a tutty, eight, six, 99, and one for a tutty. It is in Jared Cook's range of outcomes to get 101. If he gets 102, like that's not crazy because in the games where Breeze has played, full games, you see Ted Ginn has been dust. Traquan Smith has been alternating snaps and roll, and yes, he's been in and out of the lineup. But neither one of those guys have hit a ceiling. So I'm not worried about – like I look at this team – and I see three things. I see MT, Alvin Kamara, and I see Jared Cook. And that's where the targets are going. And if you look in the red zone, it's basically Michael Thomas, Kamara, and who the hell ever was healthy at tight end. And that's what's up. Like, in the red zone. So, Jared Cook, like last week, Drew Brees was trying his damnedest to fit the ball to Jared Cook on a religious basis. Like, that was the case. It happened against Tampa Bay. He only had, like, two catches, but one of them was a tutty. Like, I think that nobody can match Jared Cook's ceiling. And if we're talking about range of outcomes here, the very top end 5% range of outcomes, because the only other guy that I'm really – I'm not worried about no Bears tight end. I ain't worried about nobody else. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not playing Jason freaking Witten against, like, one of the best teams against the tight end. It's basically like in the pool is Dawson Knox and Jared Cook, and that's it on a three-gamer for me. And the question that I ask myself religiously is, on his very best days of days, can Dawson Knox match Jared Cook's ceiling? And considering the price difference, at because he's not priced up at 6K, if he was priced up right next, like if he was hugging Austin Hooper, like those two were like sharing a room together and there was everybody else. This would be a different conversation. But at four, eight, I don't feel like, like I'll eat the chalk. We're talking about eating the chalk and be different other places. For me, it's eat the chalk on Jared Cook this week. And I see Kev rolling his eyes because he thinks Christian Blake is going to go off. But like, I, I, I'm going to eat the chalk. Fine. I'm a fish. Like eat, eat, eat me up, Kevin. Tell, tell me I'm wrong here. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I mean, obviously, he's the best player on the slate. I mean, there's uh, the, the rest of the positions like it, it's pretty ugly. Like, it certainly, it certainly makes all, all the sense in the world to play him. But um, you know, I, I don't. I mean, I don't think he's a lock uh, by any means because I, he's got a low. He's got a low point his, total in his range of outcomes for sure. But his, but it's, his, it's his floor, his floor is much higher than than every other tight end on the slate, right? For sure. And so is his ceiling. Maybe yes. Maybe. Like, who else can touch 25 <laughs> points? Who else? Yeah. Who else can on this no. slate, this three-gamer can touch 25 points? Derek, don't buy into this, man. He doesn't no, have 20. I'm just, How I'm can you say his ceiling is 25 when he hasn't scored 25 all year? How can you say his ceiling is 25 when he hasn't scored 25 all year? What did he score last time when he hit 21.9. 21.9. 21.9. 
21.9. Here we go. Here we go. Game lock. Jared Cook. He's one yard away from the freaking 100-point bonus. <laughs> Don't tell me he doesn't have one yard Shit. and three more points in his but, range of outcomes. Like, he can't hit 100. Like, but, don't, yeah, don't but, even throw that into this. What was his point yeah, total? 21.9. Yeah, so okay. he gets the extra Give yard, him the three damn Seriously. 3.1 like, is 25. <laughs> that's 25. So don't tell me he doesn't have 25 in his range of outcomes. I'm, I, I'm not listening to that. Well, Kev, also, I mean, let's let's be fair to listenership out there. So, like, we're talking about just right now, all we know is that 21.9 with Drew Brees, but all of these other, like, games that we're looking at before, whenever Drew Brees returned, like, those are with Teddy Bridgewater. So, like, we can't go off of this whole year right now because Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater and Drew Brees being back there at quarterback. Week, so could be, we could be talking about Week 13 being his ceiling game. The weeks, weeks one, one and ten through twelve were the breeze weeks. Yep, I just I don't see anybody that's that equals his ceiling, man. And that's that's kind of I mean we're talking about GPP here. He's like, ain't none of us playing no cash on, on a three gamer. So, I mean for me, I, I'm chasing ceiling, man. And I just I don't see anybody that equals it. And the price point's not big enough difference for me. But I, again, I could be wrong. I, I'm I'm willing to, I'm willing to eat it if I'm wrong. I will say Knox is the guy I would play if I was punting. It's those two or nobody for me. If, if, if the, the only players that I could see that that could that could uh, match his ceiling would be mm-hmm. would be Knox, and I think the other one would have to be with Driscoll playing would be T.J. Hawk. And that the, the only part about that, that, and I've been on Hawk all year, like like Maddie can attest, like I've been touting some Hawk. If Hawk was healthy, I agree with you. Um, I just don't know how healthy he is, man. Like uh, the last game we saw him split snaps. I think the Lions split snaps three different ways between James, Logan Thomas caught a tutty, and Hawkinson. So my yeah. only worry is is not only the quarterback play, but how healthy is he? Like I, I've I've looked at Hawk. I honestly have, but I, I I'm scared of how freaking healthy he is and and what they do with his snap count. The, the other well, and what about Jaden Graham? I mean, so if if if. Maddie, you're the Jaden Graham guy. If if Julio's out, right, or, or even uh, a decoy, I mean, they're gonna have to throw the ball to somebody. They get down. I mean, we know Matt Ryan likes to you know throw the ball to his tight end. He had that big. I mean, it looked like it was gonna be Jaden Graham week last week. I start off the game, dude. Bro, sit off that, that, that first completion, like 53 yards, yeah, and then he was, was dust the rest of the, the damn only, game. Only completion of the game. Which oh, is, God, that's what I has played it. him, and I was just like, yes, it's gonna hit, and then. Shit, he didn't do nothing. Oh God, it was just nothing after that. I mean, and that's that's the concerning part is that too. That was against Tampa Bay, the best or second best tight end matchup in the league, them in Arizona. So if if it was going to happen last week, they were trailing the entire game. They needed to throw the entire game. It was the best matchup he was ever going to see. If it was going to happen, it was going to happen last week. Um, I mean. He is their pass catching tight end. Stocker is a blocker, and Stocker's hurt. Um, he's he's questionable. So, but I mean, if it, I think I'm just on the side of if it was going to happen, it was going to be last week against Tampa Bay. Well, like I said, I mean, obviously Jared Cook makes the most sense, right? And then all these other plays yeah. are secondary. Third, you know, are plays that that are super risky. They they all have risk. I wouldn't probably be having a ton of ownership on all the other ones because they can all fail and they can all give you zeros, uh, which is in the well range of their possibility or their outcomes. Yeah. 
let's uh let's close it out with with defense here. Uh, we got uh, three games slate, which means Fair. we got teams that are in play. <laughs> um, yeah, I, w- I won't even start it off, Maddie. Go ahead. Like, what are you seeing at defense, and what are you doing? Uh, the Bears are too cheap, and especially if they're going to play a banged up Driscoll or David Blow, 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 Blah, Blow, Blow. Um, I mean, what are they? Twenty? They're twenty five hundred. That's almost men price. Yeah, like Bears and log out, man. I've team team cheap defense for me, especially talking about all these trying to fit in all these high salary guys. I'm not not if I was paying up, it'd be for the Saints, but you just give me the Bears and log out. Yeah, embrace the variance, baby. It's Bears all day. Lock button. Like nobody else is even in the question. They're too damn cheap. I mean, I mean, I, can you play the lines if you wanted to? I mean, it's not like Mitchell Trubisky is just some lock to uh, go out there and light the world on fire. So um, that's fair. At home, they're yeah. twenty seven hundred. But yeah, no. I mean, I do agree. The Bears are the most, logically the, the 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 best play on the slide. I don't know how they're only twenty five hundred. Yeah. Well, the other side of it, we're talking about leverage. Like, if if somebody else comes in like uber freaking chalk, like if Dak is the uber damn chalk, do you play the other side of it and play the Bills? Um, I wouldn't. Dak just doesn't really make mistakes. I'm just talking about from a leverage standpoint. Like, I I, I get. I'm playing devil's advocate here. Like, I'm I'm playing Bears and logging out. Like, the, the the price difference isn't enough. If this was like. Bills were like eighteen hundred versus the rest of them, then then fine. But just talking about from a leverage standpoint and where the field is going, if the field is wrong and the other team smashes, does the defense smash? Yeah, the variance. I mean, the variance among defenses is uh, as high as there is among any position. So yeah, I mean, I think you could easily play the Bears if you want. I mean, yeah, I mean at twenty two hundred. But it, it, but the savings, like like you guys said, the savings I just don't think is enough to justify it. Yeah, or or saying like the Falcons, like if we're talking about like you know we we saw the the crap game from the Saints the last few weeks ago. Because I mean I don't love the Saints at thirty five. Uh-huh. I mean the the Saints at thirty five hundred seems way too high. Uh, you know yeah. on the road. Yeah. Agreed. I I, I'm not I'm not going to get up yeah. to the Saints. I and will so, have like, no. So, to me, defense. like and then you have the Cowboys. Like sure, like you know we've seen Josh Allen become turnover uh, prone in, in the past, but like. This Dallas defense doesn't do enough to like give me things that, that they're going to be able to you know wreck shop here. So at three K, like there's really no defense that I feel fantastic about. So I think the safest one would be the Bears, and if they're one of the cheapest, like that's just easy. Like I, I just think you play Bears and log out. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have some Saints. Um, I'll be that guy. <laughs> and just before we close out the pod, we, I, I just think we have to have a discussion. Uh, this Atlanta team is is not themselves even with the pieces out there so we're talking about no possibly no julio no hooper um and just they're the highest price defense so already you're going to see ownership so low and they're in the last game of the night so the saints to me have some interest because you can see them get pressure on the quarterback you have seen matt ryan make mistakes time and time again and yes tampa bay was cheaper so last week, that was a nice leverage play because they were cheaper and saved you a salary. Well, this week, like, we don't really need to – I don't really want to use the word of, like, saving salary because there's so many ways that you can go on this on this slate that could get you to a, a 3,500 defense the way that it's built. And with the Bears being $1,000 cheaper and also I feel like uber chalk, especially yeah. – if Blah's out there in that first game and you look at it and they only get you, you know, eight or nine points, 
then you're left thinking, oh, shit, like what if the Saints get 20-25 as we've seen some of these defenses do before? So I think for me, it comes down to like how can I get builds that I feel comfortable with with this Saints D and be contrarian there because that's embracing the variance of nobody wanting to pay up for the defense. I think the defenses on that first game are going to be way higher owned because of the quarterbacks who are going to be running out there. And this Saints D is legit, as we've said. And if this offense can't get anything going and mistakes are made, you know, you're talking about they can hold them to 13, even 17, 20 points and get a defensive score or whatnot. Like, I like that upside. Yeah, well, the Just real quick on that, the, the adjusted sack rates from the defenses on this slate, Atlanta's 31st, Detroit's 28th, Chicago's 25th, Buffalo's 22nd. Dallas is 21st, and then you've got the Saints in a category of their own up at 14th. So they've got the best pass rush, um, and if Lattimore's healthy and he's playing, then they arguably have the best defense out there. And if Julio's not playing or playing as a decoy, Hooper's not out there. Um, I mean, we, we mentioned That's how it. bad of a rushing matchup it is for <clears throat> facing New Orleans, and Ryan, Matt Ryan's got a terrible offensive line. Like, they, they make a ton of sense. It's just can you comfortably – afford the extra $1,000. And that goes back to Michael Thomas and Kamara. You want to play Saints and Kamara, it's going to be way lower owned than, than the Bears and Michael Thomas. And that's just some, sure. of, the, some of the decisions yeah. you have to look at. Well, and to Maddie's point, if you pay up, and I, I just want to throw this into the space, that the Cowboys don't need to be any part of your builds, like as far as your defense. And yeah. Yeah. I'll say that because the, the whole narrative about Josh Allen – being like this turnover prone machine. Like if you look at him on the year, 15 touchdowns to only eight interceptions. Like if you look at his game logs over the last few weeks, one interception last week against Denver and Denver is a way better defense than the freaking Cowboys. But past that dude went one, two, three, four, five weeks with no interceptions. And he's doubled his touchdown versus interceptions. So I do think that it needs to get thrown into the space that, if you are going to get up there, the Cowboys are not the play. It's the Saints. You get up to the Saints if you're going to be different in that way, and the Cowboys are totally off the board for me as far as the DST play. Yeah, I they've burned me from time and time again on afternoon slates, on showdown slates. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be paying up for Saints there. Um Maddie, leave it to you to to jinx the pod. We're at 143 right now. We still got to build <laughs> the team up for the four of us. So, of course, you know, by design, Kev had to get some conversations in there. Uh, they make it heated. But, yeah, on a three-game slate, this is Thanksgiving. This is, this is kind of what we were all waiting for and what we live for. Um, our slates like these. So it, you know, it definitely had some merit to it and some conversations to it that, that we thoroughly enjoyed. But before we let the TQE bros go, we got to do our build. And this, this should definitely be interesting and, and not without conversation. Um, if it's like anything as the podcast was, but we're in the, we're in the 1.1.75 wishbone classic 300 K to first we're building the $20 team. And we're going to do that in the wishbone classic right now. So, um, let, this, Kev, let Kev go first. This is favorite play of the year. Oh, damn it. Maddie. Favorite slate of the year. Let him do it. We do both it. All right. chaps all Go five. ahead, man. Go ahead. Let's go. So, Kev, we got three teams here. Uh, all Michael the positions Thomas. are open. He said Michael Thomas. Say it again. I knew Michael it. Thomas. 
Michael Thomas. So Michael Thomas is in, and we'll we'll see how the build goes. Right now, we got him at the wide receiver position, but if the way that the build goes, we can put him into the flex. Um, we can always do that, and we definitely want the later players in that flex spot going. Um, let's just go down the road. So Derek, why don't you go ahead and, and take it over? <laughs> Gonna go to me. Oh my God, he leads off with Michael Thomas. I know it's a rub. Um. <laughs> um. Oh, I love it. I did that on purpose, too. I know you sure as hell did, Maddie. I knew it. I felt it. All right, Bears defense. Fine, I'll take the, the week out. Because I, 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 I want to see this built, and I don't, I don't want to – I'm not – you know, I'm not I'm not going to influence this. I want to see how this Michael Thomas build goes. Go ahead, Maddie. It's on you. Oh, man. This is back to you, Maddie, for you letting uh, Kev lead off. Josh Allen. I'm not going to – Take the thunder away. I'm just gonna plug in Zeke. 400. So right now we got Josh Allen, Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Thomas, and Bears D. 49.60 left per player. Kev, it's back on you. John Brown. Fair enough. Derek. <sighs> um, fine. I'm gonna lean into it. Jared Cook. Maddie. Gallup. And I'm gonna do. Oh shit. Uh... Getting ugly. How much salary we got left? Oh, man, this is setting up so perfectly. I already know what I'm doing. <laughs> Fucking J.D. McKissick. Christian Blake or J.D. McKissick. Can we lock button one of those? Is that where we're going? <laughs> <laughs> Kev is laughing. <laughs> How much Ryan. salary we got left, Ryan? I can't see. We got 41 per player. <clears throat> Running back and flex. Running back and flex. Kev is licking his chops. Just can't wait to lock button. JD I'm playing Tariq Cohen. How much we got left? He's he's gonna play Blake. Let's go, Kev. It's on you, Flex. Thirty-two hundred. Flex that, baby. I couldn't. I couldn't leave McKissick. I can't leave McKissick there. I considered again. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan basically cash blocked it. <laughs> I, to. I I can't stomach McKissick. If he wants to go, uh, Blake because of injuries, three K receiver, sure. Tavon Austin, Kev, at 3K? No, I'm considering going double tight end, going Dawson Knox. We could. I'd move Cooks to the flex. I have no problem Chris, playing Christian Blake in this lineup. I just I, The reason I that I'm that I'm, that I'm second-guessing it is because I don't know if Julio Jones is going to play. Like I, I, The only way I would do it is with Julio Jones out. Um, right. It's fair. So, yeah, so right now, uh, let's just go ahead and lock in uh, Dawson Knox. He correlates with Allen, too. So. Yeah. You've got a Buffalo Dallas game stack there. So how much, uh, how, how much price we got left? We got three hundred left on the table. So so the lineup as it stands right now for the DFS Degeneration Week 13 Thanksgiving build in the Wishbone Classic. Josh Allen, Ezekiel Elliott, Tariq Cohen, Michael Thomas, John Brown, Michael Gallup, Dawson Knox, Jared Cook, Bears D, three hundred left in salary. It's getting submitted. It is in. It's thinking about being in. It's loading. <laughs> um, but it is getting – there it is. The congratulations. It is in. And that's going to wrap it up for the DFS DJ Nation Week 13 Thanksgiving slate. Uh, you know, fellas, we, we didn't do this at the beginning, but kind of, you know, how, how's it going over at TQE? What are you guys working on? And 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 uh, how are you guys doing with your articles to wrap – to end out the season? Yeah, everything's good over on my end. Uh, I do the the running backs. I do a running back article each week. Uh, highlight the best rushing matchups on the ground, um, as well as a contrarian stacks article. 
uh, to try to help people identify some some lower owned air air attacks uh, on the weekend. Um, it's going good. I'm still just chugging along. I can't believe it's already uh, week 13 and Thanksgiving. It's it's pretty crazy. It'll be baseball season before you know it. Oh my goodness, Maddie's favorite, <laughs> Derek. What's going on? How's it going for you? Oh man, it's good. And I honestly, it's a little bit sad, man. I feel like it's December 23rd, not even Christmas Eve right now. Like I'm almost sad about the NFL season because I'm staring down week 13 and I'm like, dude, it's going to be playoffs and it's all going to be gone. We're going to be talking about NFL draft before I even blink my eyes. So I definitely got to say that I'm definitely sad and weeping a little bit. Um, I'm crying into my jacket a little bit, but Dude, uh, everything's great, man. TQE is rocking it, um, bringing home uh, a bunch of money every single week. Um, uh, with Maddie's stuff, I'm rocking two weekly articles. Actually, this week, uh, I'm probably pumping it three, maybe four if I got the bandwidth. Uh, my wide receiver cornerback article, I'm actually doubling up this week. So there will be one for the Turkey Day slate that's coming out. So that's why you heard all the uh, crazy stat verbiage about all these wide receivers and cornerbacks and why Levi Wallace is absolute dumpster fire. Um, I got to get that in here. That dude is fucking trash. Um, but, uh, you know, it, that's basically where I'm at every single week. I usually roll out a wide receiver cornerback matchup every single week. And then I got my 10 stats article. They usually drop Thursday and Friday. But, yeah, dude, look, I'm always on Twitter at dbro underscore FFB. Hit me up. DMs are open unless you're a troll, which then if you are, you're getting your ass blocked, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) TQE bros, Derek Brown at dbro underscore FFB and Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DTQE. It wouldn't have been a Thanksgiving slate without you fellas joining. We appreciate that. Kev, talk to the people about the Slack chat and the Listener League and kind of what's going on for this week from the DFS DJ Nation standpoint. Two things. One, yep, go ahead and hit us up, uh, find us, and we can get you into the Slack channel. We have Redraft, DFS, Dynasty, Best Ball, when that starts back up. We got about everything. It's absolutely free. Just hit us up. We'll get you in there. It's a good time. And then the other, the Listener League will be running that again. It's a $5 entry. Just hit us up, and I'll send you the invite. DM me at FantasyRat13, but I'm sure you already know that. Um, but uh, the other thing, we cannot have a fucking Thanksgiving podcast without at least uh, some mention of the fucking food or what your go-to food is or something. Like, it's fucking Thanksgiving tomorrow. <laughs> Ooh, a couple of days. Like, yes! Like, like, so we need to have at least a, one quick food conversation of what, what is everybody's go-to food. Maddie, kick it off. You're one rocking the water and all the healthy shit tonight. Go ahead, dude. Give me that avocado gravy right now. Nah, dude, I'm, I'm pretty basic, man. <laughs> I'm basic. I, we just stick to the, the turkey, the stuffing, the mac and cheese. Uh, we do. Yeah, do what, what's your go-to, dude. man? What, what's the top? The the first thing you're piling on the plate, bro. Dude, all of it. Oh, God, look at this. <laughs> not that's the cranberry relish. That's weak. Not 100% fading the cranberry relish. Okay, but what's the go-to? Cranberry relish. Yeah, yeah what's cranberry I'm not, relish? Cranberry relish? Yeah, I'm not that's a, a thing, man. What y'all got? Hot cranberry sauce? Is it oh, cranberry sauce? Okay. I thought it was cranberry sauce. They call it different stuff over on the East yeah, Coast. Probably cranberry sauce, probably the same stuff. Cranberry sauce. There you go. <laughs> 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 speaking the rest of our language. Full fade. Full fade. It's got to be the stuffing straight from inside the bird, man. That's that's the. That's where it is for me. I mean, that that shit is just it just hits different. So I, I got I start off my plate with that. I mean, it's it's one of the 
best holidays, I think, just because of the gluttonous amount of food you're able to get to. But if we got to pick a favorite, I got to go that route. For me, man, it's the turkey. And maybe it's just the way we do it down south. Like, we're talking about, like, we got the full-on injectors. Like, we got the Tony Saturys injector stuff. Plus, like, I look, (laughs) the best turkey I've ever made, ever rocked, I hit with a greaseless fryer. And I've never strayed away from this year after year. You take jalapeno juice and you take butter. You put that in a pot. You pull that up in a syringe and you inject the shit out of your turkey. And you love it all damn day long. That's what's up. So turkey is the first thing on my plate every single time. I'm going to be sliding into the DMs to get that recipe. Yeah, uh, buddy. What you got? Uh, of course, I guess I have to be the contrarian again. Like, you know, like who would have thought, you know, this, uh, <laughs> natural contrarian over here. This is going for the lima beans. Give them that damn lima beans. <laughs> oh, no, Lord, it's sweet potato casserole. Like always, like that is my go-to. I absolutely what? love. Yes. And then the two sweet potato casserole. If, oh, if you, no, that is good with the marshmallows on top? Yeah, it puts some uh, brown sugar on top, maybe some pecans on top and everything. It is fucking money. And then, two, I am not a fan of turkey, so I'm a ham guy. And, uh, like, I now, I, I will say yeah, this. I, I, I will say too. this. Fried turkey is the way to go. Like, fried turkey is is good. The fucking shit you put in the fucking oven and let it sit there all day is fucking... that. No, that's fucking horrible. That's a waste of fucking turkey. And so, <laughs> like, I'm much put more... put a turkey in the oven if you want it to come out good. Just yeah, I'm much more of a ham ever. guy. Like, I love ham. I'll fucking crush ham. My parents make ham just for me because I'm a fucking, you know, I'm basic and I need fucking ham and I just eat ham sure. with some fucking mashed potatoes, a sweet potato, and I'm done. I'm good. I'll sit there and eat that and that's all I eat. Oh, and black olives. Yeah, I love some black olives. Kevin is a turkey and a Thanksgiving degen, so that about sums it up there. Oh, my goodness. But for those of y'all who joined us tonight, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. For those of you guys who are listening back on iTunes, Stitcher, or the website, thefancyauthority.com, we appreciate you as well, too. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, liking, downloading, all that good jazz with the pod. And best of luck to you guys in your week 13 Thanksgiving builds for Kevin Steele at Fantasy Rat 13 and Derek Brown at Dbro underscore FFB and Maddie DTQE on Twitter. I'm Ryan Williams at Ryan Alexander underscore W. Find us on Twitter. See us at the top of the leaderboards, and we hope to see you there as well. Week 13, main slate, signing off, or Thanksgiving slate, main slate, signing off. It's the DFS DGen Nation. We'll catch you guys week 14. Peace. Christian Baker, sweet potatoes, baby. <laughs> Uh, we out. You think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? When you're better get used to the way the war about I what you got. Invasions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. Yeah. That's a break, little man. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.